<laughs> I don't get it. I don't Same get it. Me. Do you get it? Do you get it? I don't get it. Did it. Did it. We are I Don't Get It, a podcast about contemporary dance, and we are at the Expanse Festival in Edmonton. It is day three, and we have been talking to some people, haven't we, Fonda? Yes, yes, it's Friday, TGIF at the Expanse Festival. Um, Today we caught up with Christine Frederick of Alberta Aboriginal Arts, um, and she had, uh, we all actually just came out of the first showing of Native Girl Syndrome here at the festival, and she had some experience with it actually last year when it was part of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And so it was great to actually have her in the coat check to chat about that. Right. And But before we get to that conversation, we also talked to Anastasia Maywood, um, who was this year's recipient of the Good Women Dance New Work Award, uh, which is uh, an award given out at the Expanse Festival intended to provide funding, mentorship, and guidance for the development of a new work by a local emerging artist. So we caught up to her about and talked to her about the award and what her plans are for it, which we'll listen to right now. Hey everyone, we're here on Expanse Festival Day 3 and our first guest that we have in the tent for the night is Anastasia Maywood, who just won the Good Women Dance New Work Award. Yay! Hello, welcome and congratulations. Hi guys, thank you. Thank you very much. How are you feeling? About the award? Yeah. Um, very, well, great. I mean, like, I actually found out about it uh, a little while ago. Um, but uh, but when they presented it, they said all this lovely stuff that I was not expecting. And so I felt very, very honored and loved by them, which is great because I love them right back. So That's right. great. And you've done some, some work um, on stages with them just recently. Um, I mean, with mm-hmm. Bears, you were working mm-hmm. with Ainsley mm-hmm. and the rest of the good one. What have you been up to lately, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bears. Bear, mm-hmm. Bears consume my life for a long period of time. Um, most um, most recently, um, last year, I, I guess it was the double bill show that I did with Krista Pozniak yeah, with, with, yeah. with 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 retake, and my new piece and that piece, Memory Folds, um, which features someone like a woman. Um, Alita was in that, and. Uh, Allison was in that, and also Tatiana, who won this award two years ago. Oh, yes. And Flya. Yeah, <laughs> and like Krista Posniak won the award last <laughs> year, <laughs> um, and so she's presenting as part of the... Um, uh, the homegrown series yes. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have any idea what you what what you want to pursue <laughs> some, some with the award? Some seeds. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm working right now. Um, it's it's probably going to be a trio. Um, that's uh, and I'm working with these images of heels, coats, long dresses, and suitcases. Cool. Like so, like so this kind of like these costume and like I mean, kind of. Um, prop elements to it and then I'm also uh, I've, I've been inspired by the music of, of Hannah Nyman who is a Toronto singer and songwriter who I used to live with when I was living in Toronto she kind of does this Appalachian folk music type music where she, she uses like banjo and the fiddle and just kind of these old-timey type quality and so I, I was inspired by some of her music and that's just kind of like the beginning ideas who knows next who year knows? it could be totally something different dances underneath the tarp <laughs> Right. Who knows? Great. Could be completely different. But. So, 
how are you going to spend your mad stacks of cash that came <laughs> with this prize? Sweet, sweet money. Mm -hmm. um, well, m well, most of it's going to go towards um, paying my dancers for okay. their rehearsal so time. So responsible and spending. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not blowing it all on wine. Okay. <laughs> Just spending it on the new work. It's the new work <laughs> okay. award. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that and rehearsal space because those are like the two like prime prime things I want to spend my money on and invest in for sure. I'm cool. when developing a new work too, yeah, I exactly. suppose. Yes, as well as exactly. props like heels and suitcases. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's what Value Village is for, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so I mean, uh, even though we're still talking about seeds of an idea, what's yeah. the, uh, the appeal of sort of uh, a trio and using three dancers? Is there is there a particular draw to that sort of number or dynamic? Um, well, there's something there's something very nice about the number three. It's uh, it's it's an uneven number. It's um, it's I, I I worked with a trio last year in Memory Folds, and I just really enjoyed being able to have the variety of trios, duets, and and solo work as well, and kind of allow each each dancer in in the piece to have like their solo moment, to have like their solo section I, I guess I could say and then also but then interweaving that with like really nice duets and really nice trios yeah and it's just I mean having the three dancers on the stage there's a nice asymmetry to it which I really which I really like plus Great. it's more affordable yeah <laughs> I mean yeah I mean like I, I would love to do a piece with like 20 dancers but that's just not feasible. The Busby Berkeley model is not uh, efficient. <laughs> um, great. So, uh, uh, so we we all just walked out of Hyper, um, uh, Freya Olafson's Hyper. Um, uh, to talk about that show a little bit, are there any sort of images or, or um, things that you think will stand uh, will sort of stand out from just watching that? Uh, yes, um, I, I, I thought the use of the 3D. I've never seen that in dance before. Right. I was just like, this is highly inventive and like and, and really allowed me to like look at the body in a different way because like she had like right, multiple versions and, yeah, yeah, of herself yeah and when she came out like in like with, with like sh showing the muscles like her skin had been removed and she was showing the muscles that really freaked me out yeah but I, but I was really I was also really I also really enjoy being able to um, to be reminded that it's like, of course, like our skeletal system and our muscle system, like they're, they're the things that do all the work. And I enjoyed how she kind of like removed all those layers. First, it was the muscles, and then she came up with skeletons, which also freaked me out. But I was, but I, but I enjoy being able to see those layers of our body kind of exposed in a in, in a comical, but also creepy, creepy way, and and also using tech. Technology to kind of sure. to show it until we all ended up as a weird neon ghost line. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is also I was just like, ooh, rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was just like, I wonder if she consulted with any rhythmic gymnastics on this because I know what those rhythms are like. Exactly, or 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 she did it herself when she was mm -hmm. a child, maybe, and she yeah. yeah. But there was that great dissection between like the layers of musculature, skeletal, yes. mm -hmm. um, all that, and then to kind of like do an out of body prop essentially yes exactly uh, to emphasize mm -hmm. what the body was doing in a different total way yes yeah, yeah. cool it's very mm -hmm. All right, well, um, again, congratulations, Anastasia. We can't wait to see what you've got in store for Expanse next year. Um, yeah, and we, we will catch up with you on the flip side. Hi, 
everyone, we're back in the tent, uh, this time with Christine Frederick, the Artistic Director of Alberta Aboriginal Arts. Hello, Christine. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. What a great event. Mm -hmm. And so um, we all just came out of uh, Native Girl Syndrome, the first performance here at the Expanse Festival, and actually the first time that the show appeared in Edmonton, you brought them in. Sure did. It almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. Almost a year ago to the day. Holy yeah. wow. moly. April, April like... Uh, March, end of March. Oh, in March, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So maybe, maybe to start off, tell us a little bit about uh, what uh, what do you do to bring uh, Native Girl Syndrome in last year as, as part of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission? Well, um, the biggest thing was Laura Kramer. Okay. Um, uh, with Alberta Aboriginal Arts and the Rupabu Arts Festival that we produced, we'd actually um, had her as part of another work in progress. Um, mm -hmm with the They Shoot Buffalo, Don't They, and the Untitled Collective th through New York. Yeah. Uh, so they had come into Edmonton to look at um, doing a work in progress of, of, of this sort of colonialism and things like, you know, the big issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so got to know Laura a little bit through that and then understanding the work that she's been doing outside of the Untitled Collective. And one of the things that, of course, Alberta Aboriginal Arts does is try to nurture and cultivate the Aboriginal arts scene. And one of the ways that we do that with multiple multiple approaches is looking at how we're supporting artists nationally and internationally right. and exposing local artists to the work of those national artists and then just doing what we can to support the work. Um, further to that, we've also been looking at creating an Indigenous touring network uh, and in fact was officially launched, officially created uh, just earlier in February at the Vancouver uh, Talking Stick Festival. Um, but one of those things, one of the one of the points of that is looking at how we are supporting touring groups, uh, how presenters have both autonomy but also um, support and obligation in how we're nurturing the artists as they travel and as they as they're working. So learning a little bit about about Laura as an artist and learning about what she's been doing in in her neck of the woods, and what we could do to be supporting that work. Um, I'd heard about Native Girl Syndrome. I'd read a number of reviews, um, you know, last year, like before, from other performances, and recognized immediately the poignancy of bringing that work in during the Truth and Reconciliation. Um, and, and one of the impetuses was that the TRC Culture Committee, and this is is a very sad thing, but one of the issues is that a lot of people in the Aboriginal community look at arts as an entertainment value only. So the TRC was looking at having uh, a talent show and a rock music night, um, but they weren't, they didn't know, nor did they know how or the importance of bringing in professional Indigenous artists. So being able to speak to uh, other members of the Amateur Arts Council, members of the TRC Culture Committee, the uh, Aboriginal Relations Office, and looking at how are we providing opportunities for professional Indigenous artists to present what they've already been working on, deliberating on. I mean, the artists that I know just through Alberta Aboriginal Arts have already been working so diligently mm -hmm. on the, the expressions of colonialism, imperialism, of residential school, of oppression, all these things, mm -hmm. heavy, mm -hmm. heavy, heavy. <laughs> but so fantastic to show this kind of work because it challenges the audience. We have, we, we, you know, there's, there's 
I, I don't like these labels of mainstream art versus indigenous art. Mm -hmm. um, but when we have the opportunity to look at something that is not about portraying a specific aesthetic or, you know, quote, a you know, standard of educational excellence or whatever, but actually look at what the artists are doing in terms of expressing humanity. Uh, Laura's work uh, and the Laura Dance, you know, work that they do is fantastic because it doesn't shy away from the very, very hard issues that are that are in our community, you know. And and I do I do admit that there were people who walked out of the show that we had back in March. I'm very happy that those people who walked out came back. Mm -hmm. and they recognized that they needed to come back and they needed to see. And one of the things I was really interested in seeing tonight's performance was we had the ability through the, through the Legacy Project and, and having her in last March, we had the opportunity to frame it in a context of residential school experience. We were able to, you know, as curating it also have, have sort of a, a net underneath where we had indigenous writers come in and poets and, you know, they were doing right, their thing, right. music and piano and, it was, you mm -hmm. know, basically helped the audience digest it, give them an opportunity to process before they left to their homes. So I was really interested to see how the context is so different at this dance yeah. festival. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. um, what did you find was a little bit different? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think a lot of times I'll sit in a dance audience and, um, you know, it's it's rare to be feel so thankful for that black at the end that mm. was just kind of like it let you sit with it mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a good you know almost a minute <laughs> well it kind of makes us question what are we expressing when we clap mm. Mm. are we i mean you see a rom-com in fact i saw right. one last night the first corner first time last time great show scott sharplin Totally funny. Had me mm -hmm. laughing, and we all clapped at the end. There was no question of why we're clapping, because we were entertained, and mm -hmm. we, we felt affinity towards the characters and, you know, the 90s references. You right. Know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> totally different sense when you're watching something like Native Girl Syndrome, because that, that moment of black before we've all figured out who's going to clap first, we have that moment of, do we clap? Why are we clapping? What are we, what are we acknowledging? Where's our autonomy as an audience member to verify, affirm what we've just seen? Because what we've actually just seen is trauma. So right. do we have a responsibility as audience members to applaud trauma? Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not the same as having like, you know, Frodo, he, he endured trauma mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. had Samwise with him. And, and the point that we clapped at the end was that it was beautiful and they succeeded in right. the end. They triumphed, yeah. Yeah, they triumphed. Mm -hmm. You don't have that in this show. Mm -hmm. It doesn't try to create this bow and this presentation that makes it easy for, a to, for us to digest. And that's what I found watching it this time was, um, first of all, not watching it as a presenter and thinking of, you know, lighting cues and <laughs> things like right, that. Right, right, all that's off you. <laughs> you know, and just looking at how, how does the work express itself in a different venue, mm -hmm. in a different context, where we didn't have that net of providing digestibles afterwards. Um, but looking at what are the choices that the artists made, the dancers, and, and certainly Laura as the choreographer, being in a different space. Um, I found myself 
this time uh, in several spots, beaming from ear to ear, just smiling at the strength and the courage of the performers, of the choreography. Um, Can you nail down any of those spots? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. the, uh, there's a moment where um, Karina has the plastic over her, yeah. which of course is you know, scary. Mm -hmm. And beautiful. I mean, she uses it as a drape, a veil, a dress. It's floaty, it's suffocating. And there's a moment where she's singing through that. And I just found that as binding as and dangerous as plastic is, um, there was something very freeing. And it felt like a free moment where the it's okay to look and to see the strength and the beauty of these women, even in their tremendous trauma and vulnerability, that they had this incredible strength that was well surpassing mm -hmm. what we were seeing of the, the, the things that made us discomfortable, or that's not a word, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the beer cans and the crinkly nature. I love the juxtaposition of the fluidity of the plastic that she had over her with, um, with the tinfoil, mm -hmm. you know, that they're both donning it, mm -hmm. and yet how each of the dancers reacts to having that on them was so different. Mm -hmm. And there was a real, I, this time I was really able to see the differences of the um, introvert versus the extrovert of the two characters. Whereas I, before I was just sort of like, oh, it's so much to see, I can't process mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So I had a I guess a bit of a springboard this time to be able to look at um, the differences. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were saying that it's it's rare to get a chance to see a piece of art like this twice. Um, mm -hmm. We certainly, in doing this podcast, haven't had the chance before to revisit a work uh, like we have this time. So it's really, yeah, fascinating. Sort of what stands out the second time around, and mm -hmm. sort of what what emerges as part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because there was a point in the show where I kind of looked around and I wondered if I was the only Aboriginal woman in the audience. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that. I wasn't, you know, I can't work. Hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. So, and, well, and, and one of the things I, maybe I, I wanted to ask you actually, um, a bit of feedback and chatter that we've heard about the pieces that, um, uh, you know, whenever there's um, a work that features um, Indigenous stories where the performers are not Aboriginal or Indigenous <laughs> themselves, um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? How do you respond? Does that change? Does it, the is it, uh, is oh, of course it changes. Mm -hmm. it, uh, absolutely. And, and in fact, I was having a really good conversation about this earlier, <laughs> earlier today. And probably most of the days that I work. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is something that comes up a lot in, in all of our Indigenous communities. And as we're working with a lot more allies as well as, you know, who has autonomy over the work and who chooses. And also looking at where the community that you're presenting, where they're at. I mean, what we're talking about is sort of a fluid dynamics. Mm. Um, so I have the capacity to look at and go, okay, we don't berate anybody for having a non-Danish actor play Hamlet. <laughs> you know, we really don't get hung up about that because Actually, since day one, it hasn't been a Danish person right. playing Hamlet. Right. 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 I can't think of a single Danish. I'm sure but somewhere I in Norway <laughs> they're doing Hamlet, and it's all good. But the the difference is, is that the they're not 
actively oppressed in Norway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're looking at who has the opportunities to present different characters on stage or different stories on stage and are there barriers that are being broken actively by that presentation. So with um, having, you know, certainly having attempted many times to present Indigenous work with it's still a dream across the country to be able to do an all Indigenous show. It's nearly impossible because guess what we don't live in a monoculture. I guess you guys probably know that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, I know that. Um, so it becomes a question of what is the presenter, the producer, the artist, what are they trying to present on stage, are they are they grappling with the politics of that? So for example, I've seen Res Sisters, uh, I've been in Res Sisters twice, where they're, you know, we've held auditions and there literally aren't the qualified actors to take the roles. Right. You know, so we go outside. What I find interesting is that people were more upset about a, quote, white woman taking one of the characters versus a Chinese man playing a character who wasn't even in the play. <laughs> Nobody complained about the Chinese man, and I don't know if it's because they, maybe they thought he was Inuit, I don't know. Um, nobody complained about him, but there were complaints about uh, a white woman, you know, Caucasian woman playing, playing a character. But we have to look at, what, practically, there's practical issues, uh, and then there's the aesthetics, uh, and then there's another aspect, uh, another layer of this, which is, I don't have a better term for this, but in, 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 I guess in the circles that I work in, we call them culture cops. Okay. So who is defining the authenticity of the work? And I would push farther in saying the whole question of authenticity is colonialistic. Hmm. Hmm. Um, because that's how we determine who has rights in this country is somebody's determining who's an Aboriginal person and who has the right Aboriginal-ness to be able to do things. So in this case, uh, oh look, it's they shoot buffalo, don't they? <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. awesome. Projected on the wall as part of the slideshow. Yeah. It also uh, it appeared at Expanse it, it at some expense, point. Yes. Exactly. And that's, that's a, a key example because here we have uh, an Indigenous created show uh, created by an uh, Aboriginal theatre company or performing arts company, uh, Aboriginally choreographed. Um, there literally aren't enough Aboriginal contemporary dancers mm -hmm. in the province of Alberta who could do that as an all-Indigenous cast. Mm -hmm. I don't think in the, in the years that we've been doing that show, even in the tours that we've done across Canada, tours within Alberta, I don't think we've ever done a full Aboriginal production of that. Um, and is that something that, that, that becomes the question, do we stop doing the work until that happens? Well then we wouldn't have had the show, we wouldn't have the tour, we wouldn't have the, the, the dialogue that is engendered. Um, that there are two non-Indigenous people doing Laura's work, that they were able to understand something that I think a lot of Aboriginal people aren't sure that other people understand. They depicted it so well. I never for a moment had a moment where I like stopped and went, oh, they don't really know because they're not Indigenous. No, I fully believe that they invested in that. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think that it's really important that the work get out, that 
artists are clever, they'll find ways to be able to mitigate both the um, the integrity of the work with the practicality of who's available and who's doing what. I mean, this is this is an issue that's happening not only you know tonight, the show that we just did. Uh, it's happening uh, in Toronto. Um, we have to recognize that there there literally aren't enough artists in our community to do every show that we have ideas for. It just simply isn't uh, isn't there. Now that is part of the good work that Albert Abshalash is trying to do is actually nurture and cultivate the artists to be able to do that work, mm -hmm. you know, and give people the platform to express and train and develop and make connections. Um, you know, at some point it might be that the whole dialogue of this will change in terms of who has access and who has authenticity and, you know, I, I certainly hope that question of authenticity goes out the window. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a, it's an era when people are very proud to show moral indignation over things, whether or not it's actually a slight towards them or not. Right, right, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, there's a question of, um, you know, when our liberal sensitivities are satiated, mm -hmm. does that mean our work is done? Mm. Or does does it mean we change the level of our sensitivity? And uh, you know, I think every day, like I said earlier, there's a fluid dynamic of where that sensitivity is because we're we're not only dealing with a single issue, but where that single issue has priority in society mm -hmm. and within arts groups. You know, the the work that we've been doing in the last six years in in Edmonton has been able to garner a community of artists you know I now know I can go and say oh, I've got an idea for something and I want certain people on board and they're their game according to schedules and stuff mm -hmm. like that but that couldn't have happened five years ago it would have been really 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 hard <laughs> there is some progress <laughs> being yes. made Absolutely. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. well uh, we just want to say thank you so much for um, checking into the coat check with us thank you. <laughs> it's good to be here and um, yeah enjoy the rest of the experience festival thank you I'm sure I will and thank you for doing this good work I love that you're here to be able to talk about this work because mm -hmm. We were talking about it over there, but now yeah. we have the capacity to yeah. talk about it with you. So. We're going to try and talk to some more people. Yeah. If everyone, yeah. Everyone's in shows right now. It's really quiet, so <laughs> we're going to try and find some more people. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, is there anything else at the festival that you're planning?